By just kind of the, you know, the, I was, you know what I mean? And I, and you seemed cool. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Esposito. This is my new leather vest. Come on! Secondhand leather vest. No problem. Now, you guys, we got a great show tonight. Tons of awesome comics there and back. They can hear you. Let's hear for those comics. And I have a co-host on the show, and she's going to come on right now. Let's hear for Rhea Butcher, you guys. Oh, man. This crowd is jazz. You guys are into it. They are into it. Now, obviously, those of you who have been here before uh, know that we are not just two hilarious stand-up comics, but also we're fiancés of each other. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can come in. It's okay. Come on yeah. in and sit down. S- find a spot that feels comfy. Pop a squat, as Get, my gym teachers used to always say. Pop a squat? And make me real uncomfortable. Doesn't that mean no chair, though? Isn't that like a real, like, because, I mean, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I you mean, wanted you them think. to squat in the corner? I wanted them to you do... You can't, you are here late. Uh, squat in the corner! Work it out! Yeah, actually, you're right. Here in L.A., that would be like kind of a... That's not a punishment, is it? No, 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 it's a normal... Like, yeah. Oh, no, sweet, I'm getting my thigh work out. Get my thigh work on. They try to punish me, but they just made me more castable. <laughs> Come on in. It's Come okay. In. Little sweeties. Look, I think oh, there's even spots way. over here. Yeah, get on in here. Yeah, right there. Enjoy yourself. That felt like the right thing to do. Thank you so much for clapping. Yes, thank yeah. you. I mean, they didn't do anything. In fact, they weren't even on time. But I still feel like as human beings, we should applaud each other for taking risks like walking across the stage, which can be scary. Very scary. You know, there's totally another version of you that would have just been like, nope, forget it. And then just right back out on the street. (laughs) And And I was like, would you like to walk across the stage where there's already people talking? Unless, you know, so you guys have guts. I like that about you. Nickelodeon's guts. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Agro Craig. Yep. Get that Agro Craig. Blue Sharks! Was that one of them? <laughs> Red Monkey! Oh, you're thinking of the Legends of the Hidden Who Temple. Who cares? Same show. <laughs> Whoa. Controversial. Um, <laughs> that is. So we were out of town over the weekend. We were. You probably noticed how, yeah. Yep. Come on. Come on in, guys. No problem. This is a very. We start at 8 o'clock. I'm not upset about it. I just. This is a hilariously straggly show. Where, where are you guys at? How are you doing? Yeah, what was your. What were you doing right before the show? Chat at Bourgeois Pig. We That's start at 8 o'clock. That's t- you should have lied to me. That's right there. There's no way you were in traffic. From the corner to here. How that pig doing? Yeah. So, so bourgeoisie, pig. bougie pig. 
<laughs> we made different jokes. Yes. At the same time, Sorry. I made a Charlotte's Web joke. Yeah. You just repeated the word. I just <laughs> said it again. <laughs> I had my back to you. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta Never check again. in. I don't know yeah. why you're directing your attention. Bourgeois pick. That's gonna be our classic bit. <laughs> I was saying, anyway. No, you're supposed to. Oh, fuck. No, I, the bit's already dead. Oh, I thought. Just like killed. the pig. I was. De- Thank you. Yay! Finally. Got it back. Finally. Jesus. Actually, the pig is saved. That's the plot of Shia LaBeouf's Web. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf's Web. <laughs> the funny thing is that I had like a mini something. Came into my, a ghost bag. came into my mouth, yeah. affected my tongue. Shut up! I didn't mean like that. And actually, like that's the plot of Ghostbusters too. Oh, well, God. no, he, it's, it doesn't matter. Um, there's a weird scene in Ghostbusters if you haven't seen it in a while, where Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob. It's very strange that it's in there, and I can't wait to see what they do with that in the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> So we were out of town, and there we were, Telluride, Colorado. That's where we were over the weekend. That's where I got this vest. I bought two vests. Cleaned them out. It's a teeny town, about 1,200 people. It's way high up in the mountains. It's a two-vest town. It's a two-vest. That was good. Thank you. And it's way high up in the mountains. It's like 8,000 feet up, and so... uh, Poor little Rhea. I got real sick. Rhea is taller than me and has more tough-looking hair. Only on this side. Only on one side. This is very tough. Um, but she's got a little kind of a, like a squiggly Gumby body. Yeah, I got a... I got a we- she was once a little green ball of clay. Yeah, I was. But you yeah, should see around. what Rhea can do today. Those are the lyrics to the Gumby theme song. <laughs> Which I know. Okay. So, um, yeah, because you, you're, I think it's because you're a lifelong vegetarian. I think that's why as well. Because um, my body is just made out of sunflower seeds and hope yes. at this point. <laughs> so. I feel and, like, like, she's the one in our family that fixes cars. <laughs> she recently put a chain on our door so murderers can't come in yeah. that easily. Um, it they can come in through the window long. like in the fall oh stop a scary show um, but yeah so she does all that stuff but then she's also like made of dust the moment yeah. you get her in any sort of physical situation that's taxing yeah I'm made of floam yeah you're made of floam Nickelodeon's floam yeah uh, yeah so we're up 8,000 feet and Rhea like immediately had like a like a barf faint almost yeah. <laughs> Right. Just a nosebleed right out the ears. Like, just like anything yeah. that could happen was happening to yeah. her body. I kind of, you know those, like, old-timey stress clowns that you can wear? Yes! I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was just on God's desk, and he was having a really rough day. <laughs> I was cool as a cucumber, just what? trying on vests. <laughs> you were just walking around like a cucumber. Yeah, I was just and walking was around like squeezed. a so I felt I felt great about it, but um, we did also. So Telluride is a ski town, and right now Quentin Tarantino is there filming a movie. Uh, but Quentin Tarantino. 
Actually, that's even better because, because they don't have any snow. snow. So nobody's Quentin skiing. Quentin ski? So, no. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> ski. Nope. Nope. Nobody's skiing. Everybody's losing their mind and all the, like, you know, it's, it's the kind of town where, like, the one, the one, like, the one, like, chick... That's like a that's into Burning Man and like the one dude with dreadlocks that's white work at all the places. Like, have you ever been to that kind of? <laughs> like in Gilmore Girls, right? Yeah, James Gunn. Um... Yeah. So they're so you're they're like, excuse me, I gotta go get something. Go check you in the hotel, um, deliver you your coffee, and they're gonna give you a movie ticket. Um, so and then give you a flu shot. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get that flu shot, guys. That's just a message from get us. Get a flu shot. <laughs> Nickelodeon's flu shot. And last, <laughs> last year I went to the same festival and it was right after pot had become legal in Colorado. And a guy, a little poor little sweetie, who is probably 20, he right. ate a whole pot brownie. Yes. He'd never had marijuana before. He was at the show. He was sitting in the middle row, the middle seat. And during my set, he, I, we were in an opera house. So I, I just hear, I just hear, he jumped! <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to hear. When there's multiple. When there's balconies. Because, <laughs> I mean, number one, I care about people. I don't want anybody to do that to themselves. But also, there's a little selfish part of me that was like, God, was I doing that badly? <laughs> that somebody was like, these jokes are the last straw! <laughs> <laughs> but it just turned out that he stood up on his seat and just jumped three rows forward which I, I have now been to this opera house and it is not even as inclined as you guys no are. there's no incline it is flat so he just he jumped forward jump like actually yeah. be like and yeah really... he used his ski poles I yeah. think like a real yeah goofy yeah. <laughs> exactly. did he make that sound he did um so he, Three people he like jumped that. forward, and I, number one, I blame the rest of the audience yeah. for not, for inaccurately, like, I get that they could have said he jumped, but I feel like if you're in that kind of situation, there's a person on stage and it's all dark, I think a better choice is just to say, like, he propelled himself <laughs> forward, but remains at the original level. <laughs> He's in a new row. He's in a new row. <laughs> of the same level. Mezzanine. You know, like, I think that... Yeah, yeah. I would have appreciated that a little bit more. I think he was in E. Yeah. Now he's in C. <laughs> you did that... I saw you panic for a minute. No, where you were, Oh, no, you didn't. Not at all. She did. She, for a minute, she was like, what's the other... No, I did not at all. For a minute, I thought you were going to go, like, double Z. You know what I mean? Well, like, sure. just, you know, okay. It doesn't I know um, it wasn't that big of an opera house. Yeah, thank so. you, because you've been there. Yeah, okay, so, uh... <laughs> he was... He had to get... He had to get carried out of there on a backboard. He couldn't get off this lady's body. He's just... He's turtling. Back upside down. He couldn't get up, so the police had to be called. They had to put him on a backboard. They had to take him to the hospital, which was not open, because there's a clinic there that's not open 24 hours a day. It's just like, in case you ski into a tree, then like the doctor gets off the slopes and comes help, <laughs> comes to help you. Gets a St. Bernard Yeah, he like stops like, taking your hotel reservation, right. like, puts the coffee down, then goes to help you. Puts his um, threads up. And then... But he, 
they had to call the the doctor in. This kid got arrested. He got this massive, like thousands of dollars medical bill because they had to open the whole hospital. And the crazy thing is, like, I, you know, if you have too much pot, there's nothing they can even do for you. Like they just have it's the whole procedure is just like a doctor being like, "You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're all right. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're all right. You're fine." And this kid, the, the most amazing part was that uh, this happened like two minutes into my set and I had to continue doing <laughs> right. jokes. And so we cleared the, you know, we took the time. We cleared, but the thing he yelled also as he was being carried out was something that was really hard to, as an audience, I think, divert our attention from and just continue to share space together. Sure. Because as he was being carried out, he was yelling repeatedly. I am Saddam Hussein. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a that's you're pretty high. Yeah, you're pretty high. If you're like I can't remember who I am. Is it a dictator? Is it a that dead? a lot of people hate? Is it a decapitated? Am I not dictator? alive? Yeah, it, I don't know what he had Is watched it that day. 1991. Uh, it was a weird level of ownership. Or did he watch Hot Shots Part Two? He could have been watching Hot Shots Part Two. Or you guys, there are other po- the other possibilities that Saddam Hussein is alive and well, and he lives in Telluride. <laughs> And he's a young white man. He's a young white man. He's had some extensive work done, yes. <laughs> so this, this trip was pretty chill. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to add to it. Oh, thank God we didn't have to fly into the airport, though. Oh, sure, yes. Because this time we flew into like a slightly larger regional airport that's just an hour and a half. Um, it has four gates. Yeah, it has four. It has upwards of three gates. <laughs> big, big, big place. Um, a lot of homemade soups. And the Telluride Airport has one gate, and you can only fly in and out of there on prop planes. Yeah, and it sounds like the gates of hell. Yes, it is. To just to land, just imagine the beginning of Tailspin. That's what it's like. <laughs> just like thunderbolts, and you're like, boop, 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 and then you're on a little surfing thing. Yeah, um, and then you turn into a bear. Yeah, it's tough. Really weird. <laughs> it's tough. I was scared out of my mind, but I was also on this teeny prop plane with every other comic that was booked on the festival. So I was trying to be like, no problem. You know, like, just be all cool about it and chill. But um, my cover was blown when on our way back to the airport, the woman who was driving us, who's just like a Telluride resident, was like, this, so I, I have flown in. I already know it's going to be a bumpy flight. I already know I have to get on a prop plane. I've been in Telluride for a couple of days. And as we're driving back to the airport, she goes, hey, on your way out of town, look down and to the right of the plane because you'll see the crash that happened this morning. (laughs) Because you can no longer fly into this airport commercially. They stopped doing commercial flights. It's just private planes because it is like the most dangerous airport to try and land in or take off from. Because like, there are sometimes that planes, she's telling all, she's telling us this as she's taking, she's like, yeah, sometimes the planes just like, they come down for a landing and whoops, they don't make it. So they just go back up and turn around. <laughs> they just like eject her seat out of her car. Yeah. She was like, boing, I'm done. <laughs> Can't handle it. I was like, thank you for the ride. You have been extremely calming. <laughs> 
I was like, do you have any of that brownie that that guy from yesterday had? <laughs> yeah. I could use three of those. Yeah, give me three of those. <laughs> no. Uh, that woman is terrible. I hope she listens to this, but she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's like out on the slopes. Oh, final thing. Yes. Kurt Russell was there. Kurt Russell was there. Kurt Russell's yes. in town because he's filming that Tarantino Ooh. movie. And guys, I bet you guys are wondering, what does Kurt Russell look like these days? Beard up to his eyes. Uh, yeah. You know how sometimes beard. men... Grow it all the way up? Yep, yeah. <laughs> What's this section anyway? <laughs> Cheeky. And that's Sir. really sweet. I loved that moment. <laughs> She's been gay too long. She doesn't know men and women both have cheeks. <laughs> we gotta let her know. <laughs> Wait, what's this part on a man? I'm a man. Does anyone know what do you call this? <laughs> if you've got a pe what is this? Is this the penis on a ridge? guy? Is this a pe yeah, is penis this, ridge? Is this <laughs> is this the penis? penis? The face penis. What's this? The protruding, smelling penis. Yeah. Is this what's this on a man? Does anyone know what these are on a man? <laughs> Shoulder penises. <laughs> I skinned my penis knee. Yeah. Your, your Ninas. Ninas, yeah. Ninas. Thank you. Uh, I think we'll leave it at Ninas, actually. That's probably as good as we're going to get on this intro. Yeah, We've been yeah. great. Let's hear yeah. it for Rhea. You want me to leave now? I'm going to walk out? Yeah, bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Hey, this first comic coming up, he is a good friend of ours. And, you know, he's doing, really, he's doing amazingly well. He's, he's been on a bunch of late-night shows, and then he just... Two weekends ago, recorded a brand new album that will be coming out on the same label I'm on, which is called Kill Rockstars. I'm very excited about that. Let's hear right now from Mr. Ian Carmel. Give it up for Ian. Yeah. Kill Rockstars. Coming out on Kill Rocks, the indie rock label Kill Rockstars. Home of Slater Kitty and the Thermals and Cameron Esposito. And now me, as well, for some reason. Now, I'm like, it's nice, it's nice. I'm from Portland, they're a Portland-based record label, but it's weird to be on Kill Rockstars and also have spent more than $300 at Lids. That's weird. <laughs> they're an indie rock label, and I'm a, I played football in high school. Like, they, I don't think they did their research. I, like, lettered in football. I started varsity two years in a row, and now I'm on an indie rock record label. I, like, maybe if I was on No Limit Records, that would, like, maybe. Maybe. That's, like, what I listen to, but it doesn't make any fucking sense that I'm on an indie rock label. You guys aren't liking this at all. I'm going to jump even deeper into it. I don't give a fuck. I'm, a, I'm on an indie rock record label. You fuck, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm on an indie rock record label. You think I give a fuck what you L.A. hipsters think? Fuck all of you. At the Upright It's not even the original Upright Citizens Brigade, by the way. All right, this is like eating at the second oyster. Nobody's proud of you. Nobody here's proud of you. Nobody here's proud of you. I'm proud of you. You guys are great. I, uh... <laughs> it's not... Oh, man. I, uh... I work, I work on, a, on a television show that's mostly British people right now. It's mostly British people who, who are on it. And, uh... And they love giving you shit about being an American because we haven't been so good as a country. You know what I mean? Like, as a country. And they weren't either, but, like, it was long enough ago that everyone feels kind of divorced to it. But they love, 
they love giving you shit for being an American. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, you Americans with your foreign policy blunders, blah, Brit, Brit, Britain, blah, blah, blah. Uh, lorries and tea, I don't know, ah, all that shit. And for the longest time, I just took it. I just took it, because we have fucked up as a country, right? I mean, I'm proud to be an American, don't get me wrong. I'm very proud. Of it. Sometimes I wish we'd spend our military money, like, a little bit smarter. And I don't, I, I don't even mean slashing the budget. I just wish they'd use the military budget, like, for the citizens a little bit more often. Like, okay, we can go invade countries, but I would also like to be able to just, every 10 years even, have an Apache helicopter show up outside my friend's house if I wanted that. <laughs> if I wanted that, right? Just call up my friend who's had my copy of The Lion King on DVD for way too long. Just be like, oh, hey, uh, Sean, look out your window. And then he opens it up and there's a helicopter there. It's like, give me back my fucking movie. That thing's in the vault. I can't go buy another one. Then you hang up. <laughs> You're getting it back. You're getting the movie back. But it's weird. It's weird working with British people because for the longest time I didn't have any comebacks, right? But then I researched England a little bit. So now I did. Now whenever they give me shit about something, they're like, oh, you invaded Iraq under false pretenses. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did. We did invade, invade Iraq under false pretenses. But explain this, English person. How come your country doesn't have any wolves in it? Hmm? You used to have a bunch of wolves in your country. Big island full of wolves, and now there's zero wolves. What happened to your wolves? No, listen, I'm happy to talk about America, but just first, please let me know what happened to all your wolves. You used to have a bunch of wolves, and now there's no fucking wolves. What happened to all your wolves? Where'd the wolves go? You know who has wolves? America. America's full of fucking wolves. We don't have as many wolves as we used to, and what that means is we still have hella wolves. This country has hella fucking wolves. We have so many wolves. Oh, yeah. We have We have to go invade other countries so there's less people here for, so there's room for the wolves. That's what happens. We have so many fucking wolves, and you have no wolves. Oh, a wolf holocaust happened to your country? You don't want to talk about it? You I want to talk about what the red, white, and blue does, but you don't even talk about your wolf holocaust? What the fuck happened to all of your wolves? Answer the question. What's the, there's, woman who, there's a wolf in this theater right now. There's a wolf here. He likes comedy. He's into indie comedy. He thought maybe Paul Shear would drop in. It's not happening. It's not happening. But the wolf fucking loves comedy. He's here right now. What the fuck happened to all your wolves? And that's n not a good argument. Uh, granted. <laughs> But by the time you're done talking about wolves, they will have forgotten whatever their original point was. So you really do win in the end. I, uh, it's fun. It's fun writing on a TV show because you get paid so much money. And I know that's not like a relatable thing, but they give you so. But I don't. Don't worry. I'm not spending any of it. I don't spend any of my money because I'm not good at my job. So like, I know it's going to come to an end fairly soon. And I don't want to be that kind of person who made a lot of money at one point, spent it, but then stopped making that money. So like this era of their life when they were opulent is like frozen in time. You know, do you ever have any like uncles like that where they clearly made a lot? They had like a good job for like a year and a half. You know, so you go over there and they have like a Sega and like 90 Sega games, right? <laughs> but it's like 2004 and they're still like into the Sega. You know, they have like a dope ass and like a bunch of velvet paintings and you're like, oh man. You are a cautionary tale. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to have like an Xbox One and like so many Xbox One games and then like nine years from now, my son, who, whoever I impregnated, definitely won in the custody battle, is coming over and I have to try to sell them on shitty games when they're all hooked up to their Oculus Rift experiencing things in 3D. You know what I mean? And they're going to come over and be like, you have soda stream. I can make my own soda. He's like, I have a tooth that produces soda. I'm like, oh, I can't afford that. I, uh, <laughs> 
fun. I love having this job. I've had so many awful jobs. It's nice to have like a nice job. I worked at P.F. Chang's for a long time. <laughs> I did. I worked like at P.F. Chang's for like two years. You know, In-N-Out has a secret menu. In-N-Out has like a secret. If you go in there and you know, you like order special things, they give you secret food or whatever the fuck. They're not the only restaurant that has that. P.F. Chang's also has a secret menu. They do. They really do. If you go to P.F. Chang's and you order a phone book, they bring you a phone book and you can find a better restaurant to eat at. That's... <laughs> It's the thing that they do there. I worked at the Netflix call center for a while doing customer service for Netflix. I did that. And uh, that wasn't even that bad of a job. It was actually kind of fun because every now and then really old people who had no idea how Netflix worked would call in. And that was fun. They would. They'd call in and they'd be like, you'd be like, boop, thank you for calling Netflix. This is Ian. What can I do for you today? And they'd be like, why does Forrest Gump have AIDS in this movie? <laughs> It's an excellent question. Let's get your account pulled up here. Uh, it's because you're watching Philadelphia. Thank you for calling Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm at a crossroads in my marijuana consumption. I am. I'm right, on the, I'm right on the edge of becoming one of those terrible potheads. And I either need to walk into that beautiful light or I need to stop completely. Because I don't want... Like, I'm right, I don't want to become one of those people. Because you know those people where they're like too into weed? Like anything, anything that happens, they will find a way to connect back to weed somehow. <laughs> Even the most illogical... There can be an earthquake and they'll be like, No, dude. No, no, no. Open your eyes, brother. Come on. That was not an earthquake, clearly, dude. That was, not, that was Mother Nature taking a big old bong rip, dude. That's what that was. She deserves it. Give it up for her. <laughs> I don't want to become that. I get paranoid when I smoke weed now, but I don't get paranoid in a responsible way. Some people get paranoid in a responsible way when they're stoned. Like, you'll be smoking weed with someone, and they'll be like, we shouldn't smoke here, dude. That's a fucking cop. And you're like, that's, that's a mailbox? That's a mailbox. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There could be a cop in that mailbox. We should go inside. <laughs> I don't get that kind of paranoid. I get the kind of paranoid where I get really, really stoned, and then I start reading Bigfoot's Wikipedia page. <laughs> and halfway through it, I'm like, oh, Bigfoot knows I'm reading this. And then I shut it and run back to my room. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I've been Ian Carmel. Enjoy the rest of the show. When you're on stage, yeah. you're talking, and you tweeted about this too. Now, do you actually feel like the odd man out on K on KRS just I because, do, like, like a little bit of your I don't know how fresh to, style? I, I, do a fresh, I wear I'm wearing like cargo shorts right now. Uh, well, they're not, they're, but they look like them. Uh, a little bit, but that's just, I think it just is born of like my insecurity of self perception, where I, f I still feel, even though it's been like 11 years since I played football, and even then I didn't like fit in with it, but I still feel it's, there's this weird, especially in Portland, like spirit of ex exclusion of of like of like jocks or whatever, you know. So then, even though I came up like in that comedy scene and like just and like it grew up as, into like a man in that city, yeah. Uh, and then like I'm now I'm like an indie rock record label, right? Even though I feel like I belong there, there is like it's more it's more like funny to me. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I also yeah, because you're like a huge basketball fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, like still really into that. You I still... love the Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. I wonder if 
fight. I mean, because I was a big jock yeah. in high school. And Were you? Played, I didn't know that. rugby in college. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like a big jock. And also, I, I didn't have like, um, I think some comics have the experience of being like uh, shy or closed off like yeah. earlier in their life. I think and so too. I didn't have that experience. I wasn't either. I was like very... I wasn't like ever a class clown, but I was uh, not a class clown. I think almost no stand-ups are class clowns. I don't think so that, either. Those are improvisers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're like, because they're like doing their own the scene or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But um, they're not. Uh, I was both internal at home, but then like at yeah. school and the social settings, I would you know. Yeah, I played like three sports. And yeah. I was very involved in like weird like student government stuff. I mean, I definitely oh, yeah. have this background of being very mainstream. Me but, too. Do you ever feel guilty about it now that you're like in this, especially, I mean, not that all comedy is a thing anymore, but right. it's more like this, you know. You know, the thing is, is that like, I don't, I didn't hate, I didn't hate being um, in that, I didn't hate those experiences, but I now feel like one thing that's true is like, I can kind of ride a bunch of different lines. I can kind of be in a lot of different places. And so it feels good to be like where you choose to be. Yeah. Because I think another thing that people assume is like, I hate when people say like, I have to do stand up because I couldn't do anything else. I like don't like that because that to me is insulting. Like, I think we could all do something else and we're choosing this. We wouldn't maybe not. I'm not saying we'd be like successful or that we'd be happy. I'm just saying like, like this isn't like some default for weirdos. And I think these are like very driven normal people who just yeah. have like a weird need to prove themselves or something strange happened to them when they were yes. young and they overdeveloped their sense of humor but it's like we're not there's any number it's not, not, not like a one, job it's not, yeah. a, it's not a strain of disease yeah. that's like passed between all of us have like you know different motivations for yeah. getting into it yeah 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 which I mean, I think it runs counter to, like, a lot of the time the public perception of stand-up comedians. Right. Like the, the whole fucking sad clown thing. Yeah. Which we're not all sad clowns. Everyone gets sad, by the way. Right. But we're not all, like, constantly tormented except for the seven yeah. minutes we're on stage. Or, and the other you know. thing is that our job is to talk about how we feel. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there who, like, struggle with mental illness, yes. depression, or are really sad or bummed. And it's just that their job is to talk about other things. Right. So I think that there's also, like... They're a periodontist. You can pull... Yeah, you can pull quotes from me and interview you could pull moments when I've been sad and yeah. things I've been upset about but it's like my job to talk about those things so totally. I think that's also part of the reason that we have that thing because it's just like we're open about I it I think you're right we mine everything there's also yeah. there's also a camera disposito they could paint that makes you look like the happiest person on earth yes. someone they should build a religion around right exactly right yeah, yeah. but totally. yeah people like to pick at you because it fits an easy narrative yeah like, I fit an easy narrative of the jock. Well, dude, um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear your new record. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be on a record label yeah, with you. Yeah, I'm so stoked. And huge congrats. You Thank totally you. deserve it. You're doing so well. And everybody should buy your album when it comes out. Yeah, right. as yet untitled. Yes, as yet untitled. <laughs> Ian Carmel, you guys. He makes a lot of money. Oh, man. How are, how are you guys doing? I want to see who to check in with. You're very clappy. How's your day going? Yeah, what'd you do today? Uh, we went on the WB tour. You went on the WB tour? What did you see there? Wait, you went, you live here? Yeah. And you were just like, get up! Let's, oh, they're visiting. That makes more sense. You saw Gilmore Girls? I don't think, I was going to say, I don't think so. Probably not, you didn't. Sounds like you found a time machine. Uh, that's great, you saw the house. That's, oh, I guess that is 
Yeah, I guess that is there. Very cool. Um, how big were the coffee mugs? Were they very large? Oh, that's terrible. Have you seen the house that's Chilton? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, it's not there. <laughs> no. No, but there's like one mansion in Beverly Hills. There's one mansion, and I can't even remember what it's called. Somebody's going to know. Like, Gray... I think it's Gray... I think it's... You're right, it's Greystone. But don't you wish it was Grayskull? You do, don't you? What if I was just like trying to say to her, there's this cool place, Castle Grayskull. A guy lives in there another guy comes over he's got a vest on then later he does not have the vest on um, and that's the plot of He-Man my point is <laughs> my point is that yeah Greystone Mansion is uh, in Beverly Hills and you should take your friends to it because there's a beautiful view from there plus it's the mansion in like everything once you go there you realize because sometimes when you watch movies you're like man um, architecture rich, rich people really appreciate the same gray stone architecture. It's just one house. Here's who lives there. Professor X lives there. It's Chilton. It's also uh, Richie Rich's house. Like, there's, it's, it's like everything. Like every, and it's originally owned by the dude who's the dude from There Will Be Blood. Like, I mean, the, that, the, not the actor, the dude the, who was like, he was like, blood, or whatever he said. I haven't seen the movie. Um, that guy, it's his house. But it's very cool if you're looking for a mom, if you're like, what do I do with my mom? I would recommend it. Love. Where are you guys visiting from? Boston. Oh, hey. How did you do it? How did you get here? You snuck in. No, seriously, when did you leave? Thursday night, there was no snow. Are you just taking pictures of your middle finger and texting them to all your loved ones? You know what's funny is that nobody even knows what I'm talking about. This is like how insulated our city is. Everybody's like, wait, I don't get it. Is there a pilot shooting in Boston? Why would she be talking about Boston? What happened there? Is it the 40th anniversary of Boston? Is Eddie Murphy there? I don't get it. They've had the most snow of like any February ever the whole month and it's now the date that it is now. So my point is there's a whole half of a month to just like continue to break records. That's what's happening where they're from. Shit's crazy. I used to live in Boston for many years. Where do you guys, what's your home address? <laughs> No. You you live in? Did you just? What did you just say? Did you say Medford? Yeah. Yeah. That was very cute. That you. That's not your. You definitely. You exaggerated that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not from there, but I live. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, yes. I understood. Hey, he's speaking with an accent. I got it. Um. That's cool. I lived in Somerville for a lot of years. Um. So I did it back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Someone said, we understood. This is like the best. Does she know we can understand accents? These are cheeks. Is she okay? <laughs> 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 
Yeah. I like your I like your town a lot. That's a great place. I went to college there, and then I lived there for a couple years afterwards. Um, and I lived there when the Red Sox won the World Series, and everybody lost their mind. Uh, did you guys live there then? Yes. Did you rush? Did you? Did you go? This is why I love Boston. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I think because, because students do stupid shit to celebrate things, and Boston has more students than any other city in the world, and so therefore, I just want to repeat for the podcast listeners at home that I said the Red Sox won the World Series, and you said, yes, at my college, we rushed our president's house. <laughs> like, I love that everybody's just like, we got to do something! Where do we run at? Pick a place! We will run it there! <laughs> I went to Boston College, and the year before I went there, um, they had lost the hockey national championship. Guys, guess what? Did you guys even know that we play college hockey? We do. There's a national championship. It's like five schools. So we had lost at the last minute. We lost in the finals, and there was a huge riot, and kids like burned mattresses and coaches and they, somebody fell off of the top of a roof naked and like it was a whole thing so the university built these huge iron fences around the senior housing and they had they had guards stationed there the next year when we were also in the finals because they were like well if these kids if we lose again these kids might riot if we have guards and an iron fence maybe we'll do okay <laughs> The amazing thing is that we won, and the reaction was exactly the same, <laughs> except also we knocked down an iron fence. <laughs> and I had some buddies that were seniors, so I got to go in and like watch the game in there, but I will remember till the day I die, uh, like the face of my, I mean, this is what it's like to be an American. I will remember till the day I die, the face of my then boyfriend, that's right, the face of my then boyfriend as he rushed out of the out of the place that he had watched the game and approached the iron fence and I was inside behind like two rows of Boston police officers in full fucking riot gear who were like, come on! And I was on the inside going like, knock it down! Knock it down! Like... What do we care about? Our tuition went up to pay for the fucking fence. We are the worst. We have... That's, that's a lot of privilege right there. Okay, guys, should we continue with the show? Welcome our friends from Boston, though. Let's hear it for those people. Oh, you guys, this next comic, it is his first time on the show. Whenever it's somebody's first time, we go nuts for him. Let's hear right now for Ahmed Weinberg, guys. Give it up for Ahmed. Yes. Woo. How we doing, New York City? <laughs> what if I really didn't know where I was? This is L.A., right? Man, this is not going well. Uh, <laughs> I was just in New York, actually. You know what? I'm trying to figure out which is a worse city. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know where I want to live for the rest of my life. And uh, it's between those two. 
And New York, you know what? New York is fucking cold and expensive and just difficult. But in one time in Los Angeles, I saw a baby wearing a watch. So it kind of evens out in the end, you know. <laughs> That's a weird... I actually did. I was at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking baby. <laughs> Wearing a working watch <laughs> and a crucifix. Two things. <laughs> it's true. I just I was just staring at that baby. I just couldn't believe it, man. Time management and God? How? How'd you figure it out, man? My life is gonna be so much harder than that baby, so that's what I have to realize. <laughs> that baby's parents are crazy. My 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 parents were crazier, I think. You know, like first of all, how many people here are atheists? Let me Okay, nobody. <laughs> oh my god. I want to be an atheist. Like that just that's my dream. That just seems <laughs> it's an amazing life, you know? What a beautiful existence. You just wake up every morning and open the window, and you're like, "Ah, oh, nothing." <sighs> no guilt. Like, my parents told me God is real so many times. That's just in there. You know? There's just this voice in the back of my head now that I have to deal with. And the voice that tells me, it's like, you have to capitalize the G. <laughs> you must. You must capitalize the G in God. Before you send this email, <laughs> but I'm lo I'm like looking at the email and I'm like, all right, I'll capitalize the G in God, but I didn't capitalize my friend's name at the top, <laughs> and he exists for sure, you know. <laughs> Hundred percent, you know. Frank is real. And I believe in him, so. He helped me move. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I was raised Muslim, uh, obviously, and... <laughs> For the listeners at home, I'm a pasty white man. Um, People always want to know, it's like, what, is it hard to grow up Muslim in America? That's, that's what people ask me. And, uh, you know, I think the cultures are very, very different. And uh, my personal answer, though, is actually, no, it's easy to grow up Muslim in America. Uh, just don't look Muslim, you guys. <laughs> just, you know, just be white. Uh, <clears throat> have red hair. And make sure your last name is Weinberg. Always <laughs> go down that checklist. 
I think I have a weird like thing about being white just because of that. Just because I was Muslim as a kid, so I felt I felt oppressed because I was the only Muslim in my school, and I would I would be like, why is nobody's like me? I don't understand. I felt oppressed, and then I'd go home and look in the mirror, and I'd be like, that's the fucking guy. Why won't he accept me for who I am, you know? It's okay. It's okay. Just, you know, laugh more next time. That'd be great. <laughs> um, I, uh, I can't wait for five years from now when, like, weed just isn't cool anymore. <laughs> That's where we're heading, I think, as a culture, right? It's just too common. That'll be five years. Weed won't be cool. And then 420 is just going to be just another fucking bullshit corporate Hallmark holiday. <laughs> just another thing us dudes got to think about, right, fellas? <laughs> 420's coming up. Got to get a bong for Stephanie. Shit. <laughs> My favorite thing, though, is going to a dispensary because I, I just love looking at weed names. I'm fascinated by what they're calling weed because it's, I think they're trying to scare me. That's what I see when I go there. It's like, it's always like train wreck. And then AK-47. And then under that's like the Hulk's dick. It's like, what? Why? Also, if you're trying to scare me, name it something that we're all scared of as a society. I just can't relate to... I've never been in a train wreck, you know? I've never been shot. Like, if I went to the dispensary and the guy was like, we just got this in. Um, this is the craziest weed we've ever had. Um, this is called uh, transferring to a new middle school. <laughs> Yeah, basically, you, uh, you smoke this shit, and you got to make a whole new group of friends. <laughs> this is our second most popular strain. Um, this is an indica. This is called, uh, I didn't realize my pubes were going to be red. <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave you on that. Thank you very much, guys. guys having fun so far? Awesome. I'm just going to tell you guys a couple things. I took a nap today. Yeah. Are you guys good at naps? Decidedly not good at naps. I'm also not good at naps because I always wake up from them like I'm a time traveler. What day is it? What year? Who's the president? Oh, I feel rested. Get me back. Doc. Anyway. Um, my dad, here's an unfortunate thing. My dad had a dog for about 13 years, and that dog recently had to be put down. It's a big bummer. He was a great dog. 
real great dog, but um, when my dad's really torn up about it, um, number one, I just want to preface this with, I'm an only child. Um, he also didn't pick up his phone on Father's Day as an only child. That's going to be your kid, Dad. Anyway. <laughs> he screened his calls on Father's Day. Um, so he had to put this dog down. He's real upset, so I was trying to be understanding uh, for my dad and, l- and listen to him um, get it out and be emotional and stuff. And my dad's talking about driving around with it. He's like, I just... This, that dog, he's like... He's like the son I never had. Which was really upsetting to me because I'm supposed to be the son that he never had. That's a joke because I dress like a boy. That's what's funny about that. (laughs) A boy, not a man. A boy, not a man. If I were Britney Spears, the song would be, not yet a man, still not a boy. Anyway. Trying to stick the landing on that one. You guys ready for more show? Because I sure am. Uh, this next comic is his first time at the UCB, so we'll let him hear it. He's in from Canada. You guys may have seen him at Montreal. You guys give it up for Trent McClellan, everybody. Keep it going for your hosts, everybody, huh? Keep it going for those lovely ladies. How's everybody up on the balcony? Good, huh? There's no fucking balcony, guys. Here's the thing. <laughs> This is nice. Big theater. Awesome. Fantastic. Black comedian, black wall. Should be fine. Here's the thing, guys. L.A., why don't you drive the fucking speed limit? That's what I'd like to know. Does anyone know why none of you are in a rush to get anywhere in this fucking city? I don't understand. Even I drove down to Carl's, Carlsbad this weekend and uh, driving, and it's just, you're driving four miles an hour. No one's in a fucking rush to get anywhere. I'm like, are you all just out seeing if your car works? Like, I don't understand what the fuck you're doing right now. Because in Canada, if everyone's driving slow, clearly there's been an accident or someone's broke down. Not here. Not here. It's just people just driving down the Pacific Coast. Is that, is that a whale? <laughs> Looks like it could. No, I don't think it is a whale. I'll drive faster for a little while. And I'll slow down. Is that a seal? Is that a seal? <laughs> Hurry the fuck. And you don't have a faster lane. You just have a, a fuck it lane. That's what you have. <laughs> you just drive and go, ah, fuck it. And you go over. And that's the same speed as the other fucking lane. <laughs> and you just go back to that lane again. It's fucking horrible. It's amazing. I'm glad you guys are into stand-up, though. Because I think stand-up is the truest form of entertainment, people. I really do believe that. I think it's the, no one lies to you in stand-up. We can just tell you the truth. And you have to accept it, because that's your job as an audience. But that's what I love, because everything else is bullshit. I saw a Powerade commercial, the sports drink Powerade. I saw a commercial the other day. It was supposed to be inspirational. That's what it's supposed to be. Had a bunch of people working out, lifting weights, right? Inspirational. Then it cut to a quick clip of a guy doing pull-ups on a bar. He had two arms, and he had one leg. And I was like, Not that inspirational, really, right? I mean, there's less of them to pull up, for fuck's sakes, right? Just Shouldn't he be doing lunges, right? I'm just ass-saying. Or skateboarding? How would he even start? I don't know. These questions. <laughs> no, fuck you guys. That was pretty funny. I don't even care. I felt you pull back first, and you're like, no, okay, that's accurate. That's pretty good, actually. 
It's pretty good. I think our whole day, our whole object of our day is to try and decipher what information we need and what information we don't need. You know what I mean? Driving down to Carlsbad, stuck behind a car. It had a sticker in the back window. said, baby on board. I was like, how am I supposed to use <laughs> that information? How do I drive different because you have a baby on board? Like, ah, oh, I was going to shake your car, but now I can't. <laughs> Because I know babies hate that, right? <laughs> like, is the baby driving? Like, I don't understand why there's a sticker on your window. I think if you have a baby on board, that sticker should be on your own dash to remind you that you have a baby on board. Like, oh, I was going to change lanes without looking, but <laughs> got a baby on board. Better not. <laughs> Better not do that, because that baby doesn't like it. Too much, too much information. Planes are the worst for too much information. Here's how you put your seatbelt on. Here's where the exits are. Trust me, if we're going down, I'll know where the exits are. I'll make a hole with an old person. I don't care. I'll get off this plane. You see a senior citizen? I see an axe. That's what I see when I look at a senior citizen when we're going down. It's amazing. And then they come out with all this information, right? The flight attendant, she goes, your pilot today is Captain Greg Lawson. Again, I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to do with that information. No one ever hears the name of the pilot, then turns to the person next to them and goes, Lawson's my favorite. <laughs> he takes you right up in the air, you level off, then you land right where it says on the ticket. <laughs> fly with loss. <laughs> Pilot comes on, he's like, we're going to be flying at 30,000 feet. Again, I don't know. What, you're <laughs> what do they think? We're kids? Ooh, that's taller than a giraffe. <laughs> Just fly the fucking plane. <laughs> I think the only time you should see a baby on board sign is when you're booking a flight online. You know, you know, right? You see the X's, that's no good to me. I want to know where these little noisemakers are so I can get as far away as I need to. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, oh, baby, I'm bored. I'm going to go back here then, a couple rows. Because I flew into Los Angeles last week and there was a baby just crying its baby head off. Have you ever been, had that experience where the baby's just like, yeah, yeah. No one knows what you're saying, baby, right? You're speaking baby. No one else understands baby here. <laughs> so then this woman next to me, she turns, she goes, you know who I feel bad for? The parents. I was like, wow, you went totally the other way on that one. Because I feel bad for this guy right here. I was thinking like overhead compartment. Wouldn't that be a good place? Because it's dark. Air still gets in there, it'll be fine for that baby. I'm a married man, and it is a good time, everybody. It is a party. Every single day is what it is. Just wake up like, yeah! And then, um, but ladies, this is what I've learned. I've just been questioning and studying my wife, and I have a question for all you ladies. Ladies, how much hair do you lose in a week? How much hair just blows off your head out into the atmosphere? choking out seagulls. How much hair? I don't know how a woman can lose that much hair off of her head and then just fuck off to work like nothing happened. 
And ladies, why is there hair matted to the back of the shower wall? One of two things has happened. Either the pressure in your shower head is way too high. Or you are ripping that stuff out by the roots and putting it against the wall because you don't want it to go down the drain. What a hero. I don't even have any hair. I don't even have any hair. I just can't rip pubes out and hove them on the wall, right? And my wife, always amazed when the, when the tub won't drain, she can't, she can't figure it out. She's like, what? Would you be able to have a little quick look, see? The water was going down, and now it's not going down. The water's going, it's not, it won't. So I blow in like Johnny Plummer. I blow in, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, honey, let's have a little quick look-see here. Oh, there's, there's your problem right there. There's a dead squirrel down in the drain. A long-haired, boneless squirrel must have fallen from the vent there. Little bugger must have drowned. We'll dig a little squirrel grave outside. I think women use their hair to mark their possessions. That's what I think they do. I think they rip their hair out of their head and they slap it on all their stuff and it means mine because it's on everything they own. It's on their clothes, it's on their bed, it's on their man. If you see a bald woman, she owns a lot of shit. I'll tell you that much right now. You guys have been great. I'm Trent. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we lose a lot of hair. That's true. Just speaking truth, man. Fucking speaking some serious ass truth. You know what was amazing that I forgot to tell you guys about Telluride is that uh, we didn't know. So Rhea and I knew we were staying with some people. Like the because it, the um, it's so fancy there that there aren't really hotels. It's just like rentals or amazing houses. So we were just staying in somebody's guest house that was arranged for us uh, by the place we were performing. And we didn't know until we got there that they had put us with the lesbians. Like there were two lesbians in town that are together that are like the queen, the queens, the queen lesbians of the town. 1,200 people live there. They were, like, they were like, I think we should put them with the lesbians, right? We should... <laughs> with the lesbians and they were fucking right because that ass was sweet lesbians know how to decorate right also those lesbians were like from a different era it's very cool and also very interesting to talk like to uh, gay people that are from a different time because like uh, for instance they were talking about this this cultural event that happens called the Dinosaur Weekend. Has anybody heard of it? A couple people. Okay, great. This will be educational for the rest of you. Now, Dinosaur is a golfer. Yes? Is that who she is? It's just like a... Yes. It doesn't matter. My point is she had nothing to do with lesbians. She's an actor? I don't know who she is. This is my point. She's a person who is a straight person who used to host a golf event in Palm Springs, California. And lesbians started going to this golf event, so much so that they started throwing parties specifically for lesbians 
adjacent to the golf event. And then after a while, the parties became more parties. And the parties became bigger parties. And like white parties and like pool parties. And I don't mean, I mean like wearing, that's not what I mean. Um, I mean like wearing, everybody can, you're, you don't have to, um, it's just, you know, white, put, put on your white vest is what I would say. Um, and now it's the biggest party for lesbians like in the world and Diane Shore is not a lesbian and it stole her name. Stole her name. So if you like Google Dinah Shore, it's like, oh, this is a lesbian weekend. And she's like, God damn it, I'm a person. <laughs> but it's not something that I have ever been to because I am from an era of lesbians where we can party uh, in, we can just stay at our houses. <laughs> we don't have to drive to the desert where no one can see us. <laughs> so we can kiss. <laughs> they were like, oh, you guys haven't been to the Dina? And we were like, no, because we just like can hold hands. So we haven't been to the Dina. Um, and there's another place like this, Provincetown, Massachusetts. Have you guys been to Provincetown? Very loud slash moderately homophobic answer from the gentleman. So Cape Cod sticks off the end of Massachusetts and it's like an arm, right? It's shaped like an arm. And if you travel all the way down the arm, the very end little knuckle is Provincetown. And Provincetown is this gay resort town. And it's at the absolute end of a peninsula that is shaped in such a crazy way. You have to turn back around, start driving back where you came. There's nothing past it. And I have to believe that that exists in Provincetown because there was a time when gay people were just like, is this far enough? Can we build our resort here? We are literally in the water. If we go any further, Stephen will drown. And that's how gay cruise culture cropped up. Okay. Provincetown, I have performed there, and one thing that's unusual about it is that you have to flyer for your shows. Um, like everybody that performs there, even, you know, like massive, uh, like Wanda Sykes will perform there or who's like a crossover person that, uh, would get a, like a, like Kathy Griffith might perform there. So, uh, you have to fly her outside and tell people that your show's going on because there's a lot of competition for cultural events. And I've only been there to perform one time. I've been there to hang out uh, many times, <laughs> but I only went there to perform one time. <laughs> and, uh, it was an accidental booking, um, because... I, the place offered me a spot, and I was happy to go, but I didn't realize the week I was going to be in Provincetown, because this is another thing about gay culture, is that there are subsets of gay culture, like twinks, which are teeny little men that are hairless, or otters, which are teeny little men that are hairy. <laughs> Yeah. So I somehow, and there are like lesbian weeks and stuff like that. Lesbians with kids and lesbians with no kids. There's like that kind of stuff. Separate weeks. Um, lesbians where both women are pregnant at the same time. Lesbians where just one is pregnant. Lesbians where neither of them will be pregnant. There's a lot of different subsets. 
But the one time I was there, I got booked uh, during Twink Week. I didn't know that that's what I was there. So it's, I mean, people go there because they're interested in twinks. It's advertised that that's the week that it is. And then this little guy is like, hey, do you guys want to come to see my stand-up comedy show where I talk for a while about my life and make jokes? And I'm standing next to a guy who's just wearing a towel, and then he drops his towel. (laughs) He's like, I will also be performing? at the adjacent theater. I think I had probably five people in the audience. And I had to do hour-long shows for like five men who were bears that were accidentally there at the wrong week as well. (laughs) So I'm hoping to go back. I mean, it was great. I I don't give a fuck. I learned a lot. At night, one night, I was walking home from the show and I, I... you guys. There was a shade drawn and sounds of love. And it was a second floor window. And because of the shade, I could like see outlines like in a joke. Like in a like in an animated movie where they're like, how would we convey sexuality? Just like outlines of people like doing weird stuff. But it was, it was happening, and it was there, and so I did what any of us would have done. I sat down, <laughs> cross-legged across the street just to be like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I was really loving it. I was like, these dudes are having a great time. And uh, I could just see, like, two figures, and they were really moving around quite a bit in different directions. I was fascinated. I also love to watch gay men have sex, as you know from my porn consumption that I'm sure you guys are really familiar with. (laughs) Get out of my cookies! My point is... (laughs) A, like, amazing trick happened, which is that I thought it was two dudes uh, up there, and then I started to hear a weird other sound, and I was like, these guys are not in rhythm at all. Like, this, like, their moaning is very strange, because it would be like, one would be like, uh, uh, and then there'd be like, ah! Uh, uh. And I was just like, I almost wanted to knock on the door and be like, listen, you guys got to sync up. This is going to be better. (laughs) But then the best thing of all happened, which is that from the ground, three other heads popped up. Also in the same room. And then I got caught. Like, I was like, this is the greatest. What's going to happen now? And then just another person was coming home from a bar and went like, come on. Like, I'm trying to. My point is, um, okay. <laughs> we got two comics left. Do you have room in your hearts for two more great comics? This next time, we love him on the show. You've seen him on the Comedy Central and other wonderful places. Let's hear it right now for Adam Newman, guys. Give it up for Adam. Woo! 
Thank you. That was uh, that's my parents' wedding song. Thanks for having that queued up. Um, I guess I'd be like an otter from like the waist down, and then like twink from waist up. I don't know. I'm 32. I don't have a single chest hair yet. When does it come in? Is it? I thought I'd have it by now. Uh, I really, I did. I thought I'd, I, I, my, you know, my my dad has it. My brother started getting it when he was like 14. My mom has shit tons of it. I don't have anything. I have no chest hair at all. <laughs> I thought I had one last week. I got excited. I blew on it. It was an eyelash. No chest hair at all. You know what I do have? Uh, I have nipples that look like daddy long legs. I have that. <laughs> two little pink dots with eight long hairs around each one. That's not a very good look. <laughs> my shirt off, I look like a young E.T. That's what I'm working with right now. Um, all right, I didn't know we were going to talk about twinks and porn and stuff, and uh, let's go a little off book. I don't normally talk about this, but this is true. Uh, I moved to New York nine years ago. This is the first gig I had when I moved to New York. I was in a gay porn. Uh, I really was. Anybody else ever been in a gay porn before? Ooh, room full of homophobes. Um, <laughs> what if that's what it took to not be a homophobe now? You have to have been in a gay porn. <laughs> I feel like we're getting close to that these days. Um, now, that's, that's a misleading intro to a story, though. There is a huge difference between being in a gay porn and doing a gay porn. I was in one. I was an extra, fully clothed, no sex scenes. I had a, a friend when I moved to New York. She worked for a porn company, and she was like, hey, they need extras. It'll be a fun thing. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Not I'm in, but I'll do it. Like, it'll be a fun thing. <laughs> gay porn, bring it on. I'm into it. And uh, so, like I said, so we went to, we did the thing, like I said, um, Fully clothed, extra. I was my job. I was I was sitting at a non-sex scene. I'm sitting at a bar, and I was supposed to put dollar bills into a stripper's. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call that thing? Uh, butthole. Uh, her, her, her butthole. Thank you. I tricked you. I was gonna say butthole from the get-go, but uh, I already knew I was gonna do that. But no, so I put the strippers, the, the the dollars in the g-string, and then when it, and that was it. It was fun, non-sex scene. When it was done, I thought I gotta document the experience, right? Like, how often are you on a don't answer that. If you've been in, I love it. Uh, my only time ever on a porn set, I thought I should take pictures with all the porn stars and stuff. I don't know if any of you have ever taken a photo with a male porn star, but they will pull their dicks out for the picture. You don't even have to ask them to do it. They just do it automatically. It's fascinating. One of them offered to let me hold it for the picture, which is very nice of them. What I learned about myself that day is I am more than willing to be in a photo with a man holding his penis, but I'm not willing to be the guy holding the other guy's dick. That's just what I learned about myself. But I had all these pictures of me and these porn stars like holding their dicks out, which are great, but this is nine years ago. This is pre-Instagram, right? There, you can't post that stuff on Facebook, so I didn't have like anywhere to share all these photos with my friends, so I did what I think a lot of us would have done, and I sent the photos directly to my mom. I just, like, emailed them to my mom. And I did, and I thought about it before I did it. I thought, like, I'm not sending my mom pictures of these gross, dirty dicks off the street, right? These are porn star dicks. These are the best dicks. These are the biggest, veiniest, shiniest, camera-ready cocks. My mom's gonna be like, ooh, the best dicks with my number one son. I thought she'd, like... <laughs> Put them on the fridge and show them to the neighbors and stuff, you know? I thought that's what you do. My mom called me immediately. And she goes, who are all these guys you're hanging out with? With all these tattoos. She was so much more concerned that they had tattoos than they were holding their dicks out for the picture. And, uh, and I will say this too, again, in a... Oh, you missed the whole porn story. I gotta start again. Uh, have you ever been in a gay porn before? Homophobe? No, I don't want to. Uh, you're not. You're fine. 
no one at this show is a homophobe, right? That would be, a, you'd be in the, that would be silly to be here, I guess. Um, but, I mean, you know, so I, I feel like I was going to a gay porn set. I, I thought, did you just catch that part now? Um, <laughs> I figured even though I'm not in it, I'm, I'm going to be there. I, I should go, I should have my porn name ready to go, right? I'm on a porn session. You guys know how you find your porn name, right? Do you know how you find it? Who knows it? Yeah, street you grew up on. Who said it? Street you grew up on and first pet. What's the street you grew up on? Farmington. Farmington? What's the name of your first pet? Larry Bird. Oh, my God. Farmington Larry Bird. That is such a fucking awesome porn name. A big parody of Larry Bird, like a big old Indiana shirtless, greasy, six foot nine, blonde hair, porn mustache already. Anyone in this room, guy or girl, would fuck Farmington Larry Bird. That's an amazing porn name. I grew up on Ronald Avenue and had a gerbil named Jeremy, so I went with Ron Jeremy. Okay, that is, uh, it's not a great joke, but it's fun to hear what four retweets sounds like live in a room, so that's why I keep telling it. All right. Here's some planned material. Oh, geez, we already got to the light. We were riffing. That was all riffing. Let's see if we can tell you a joke. All right, I'm going to do this then. It's been loose, and you guys are great, so let's just do this. I... I, I I've been sick of the old jokes, and I'm, I'm, I, I live in New York, so I'm staying with a couple of my comedian friends here. And, uh, you know, comedians, we, I, at least me, I, I bounce jokes off my friends. And this is a, this girl who's a very funny comedian I'm staying with. I was just asking her if girls know about this for, like, the idea of a premise. I was asking her, hey, do girls know that when guys get, like, will wear sweatpants without underwear, we'll get little fuzzies, like, on the tips of our dicks, right? Like, do girls... Do girls know that? And, I, and that's true. You know how that happens, right? And then, you know, you go to pee, and you gotta, like, pull the little tip of the fuzzy off. Otherwise, it goes, like, in a bunch of directions. I was just like, do girls know that? Do they know that? And this girl I'm saying with, I wrote it down because I wanted to get this quote exact. She goes, I didn't know that, but I get fuzzies in my pussy and have to scoop them out of my stink ditch. And I was like, wow, that is way funnier than anything I was going to come up with. I'm not a dirty comedian at all. I'm, like, pretty relatively clean in my set. And all of a sudden, I was like, now I have a joke in my notebook that just says stink ditch, and that's new for me. I don't usually have stuff like that. I thought the funny part of that joke when I figured it out was going to be the, like, little fuzzy. You come off. And now I got stink ditch. The word puss. She said pussy, too. I don't... I'm uncomfortable. I I mean, whatever. I, I don't use the word pussy a lot. A lot of guys are uncomfortable using the word pussy and stuff. This girl called her own hatchet wound I stinked it and that's the end of that joke now and I'm not proud of it and I'm not thrilled with you guys for laughing at it but you were very nice have a great rest of your night thank you very much Adam Newman you guys bringing hatchet wound to you I do feel an affinity for that phrase with this outfit on, though. Oh, boy. Is everybody doing all right? You feeling good after that one? Oh, man. Well, we have one final comic left, and oh, my goodness, is he the greatest. You guys may have, may have caught his uh, premiere late-night set on Conan last week. Uh, you guys give it up for Solomon Giorgio. <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh, thank you. 
I appreciate that. I'll give you a moment to acclimate to my beauty. It's uh, <laughs> a lot to take in. <laughs> it's not easy being pretty, you guys. It isn't. <laughs> Have you ever broken a mirror by giving it too many high fives? That's <laughs> the life I live. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, as Rhea said, I was recently on television, and um, they posted that clip on the internet, and people decided to uh, put comments. <laughs> on the, it's perfectly fine. I read each and every one. And they, I, I made the mistake of mentioning that I'm both black and gay on, and on television, and they did not care to hear that, you guys. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Like, oh, dude, how do you have to say you're gay? I'm like, well, it's the only way I can remember, you guys. <laughs> if I don't, I will forget. <laughs> End up married to a baroness for 39 years. I can't let that happen again. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> Some people also said I said I was gay to invoke sympathy, which is fun. <laughs> Because if I w did that, then I would never, ever, ever stop saying it. <laughs> Some people also said I chose to be gay because they decided to just throw everything out onto the internet. <laughs> like, I didn't choose to be gay, you guys. I had to go through a very rigorous auditioning process first. <laughs> Fifteen hundred people showed up for the casting for my role in the gay community, you guys. <laughs> that was three days of hell, but I fucking earned it. <laughs> No one can take away this role from me. <laughs> and then there's always the fun people who tell me that I'm in a bird in hell, which is just a fun make-believe place to me. So <laughs> it's like it's, it's always it's always we I'm an atheist, so like when those people are like, "Hey, God hates gay people," I'm like, "Sick, all right." <laughs> like telling me a ghost hates my shirt. I don't. Let's say if is, let's say God is real, okay? Like then wh why then why do every what does every gay person look like a perfect angel? Like that's <laughs> like have you seen the masterpieces of the homosexual community? <laughs> like it would make more sense if every gay person was like like had little tiny baby legs, you know, <laughs> and was walking around on massive Hulk arms. Like God must hate you. Like I know. <laughs> look at me. But homophobes, on the other hand, whoo, <laughs> what an ugly batch of human beings, right? <laughs> Some homely-looking motherfuckers. <laughs> I like how you said that's true. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> so true. Um, but I've been, oh, oh, God, I was called a faggot so many times. I've read it so many times, you guys, and it's gotten to the point where it's comical. Like, it's like, it's like now it just sounds like a German clown to me. Like, I don't... <laughs> Like, have you ever done that with a word where you say it so many times that it loses meaning? Well, here's a fun trick you can do. If you, you can actually do that with a word that doesn't make sense, and it'll actually make more sense, like Jamiroquai and, <laughs> and entrepreneur, like those. <laughs> Just say them a bunch, and they'll make sense to you, finally. <laughs> um, I've been living in L.A. now for three years, you guys. It's fun. I moved here from Seattle because uh, I was... <laughs> 
Hey. It's because I was sick of feeling safe all the time, you know? I've got to mix it up. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I've, the most, I've, uh, ever since I moved here, the most constant thing that I've heard is how hard it is to date in Los Angeles. It's like, it's so hard to date in LA, you guys. It's super hard. Which I think is just a nice way of people saying, I don't date Mexicans. I But I, uh, <laughs> you guys are fun. It's really have been. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's one of those, I've, I have a lot of straight male friends, which is really my own fault. Um, <laughs> and I run into the same thing, like since we're talking about dating, I run into the same thing with them a lot, which is where they get very insulted because they get friend zoned by a woman, uh, which is just a f- weird term anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it's like it's like it's they don't seem to comprehend that's far more insulting on the other ha- on the other side where your creepy friend is hitting on you like that's that's <laughs> she felt pretty that day and then you bothered her <laughs> like that sucks more <laughs> and they go off and say things like fuck her she's a slut i'm a nice guy i'm like well a you can't slut shame somebody who didn't have sex with you that doesn't work that way <laughs> Also, they, oh, they do this fun thing with me where they're like, you're lucky you're gay, man. You're so fucking lucky you're gay, dude. You have no idea how hard it is out here. Like, <laughs> Bless your heart. Oh. Like, I'm glad you took a break from your passive-aggressive misogyny <laughs> to spread around misconceptions of, be- of homosexual men. Uh, but it's not easy for me, especially sex-wise. Uh, it's easy for me sex-wise because... I am fucking beautiful and confident. That's just the way it works. And I forgot most of that fucking joke, and I just ruined my own fucking closing. Ah, sorry, guys. Sometimes I'm much better than I am, and tonight is not the night, so I'll just do something else entirely. <laughs> I've just been very, very excited to just be here right now. Um, and I fucking forgot my own goddamn bit. Uh, but I'll actually, there's one thing that uh, straight guys do a lot to me as well is um, list, they ask me if I'm sexually attracted to them, uh, which is... <laughs> which is like, you, you, are, you look like 90% of the world's problems to me. That's what I see <laughs> when I see it. Like, here are the list of 10 things that I, want, I prefer to have sex with in order. Uh, number one, Beyonce. Um, I might be gay, but I'm not stupid. Uh, <laughs> Number two, other gay and bisexual men. Uh, number three, women. Uh, number four, a hole in the wall. Um, number five, a hole in the ground. Number six, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a hole in it. Um, number seven, a variety of puddings. Uh, number eight, a gazelle or a kangaroo. I haven't. <laughs> number nine, a fresh pile of horseshit. Um, and then number ten is a dead tie between uh, straight men and uh, a loaded shotgun. Um, <laughs> they're both equally as dangerous to me. <laughs> All right, guys, you've been really fun. Please enjoy the rest of the night.
Selma. Was that your first time on television, Conan? Yes. Last week is first time on television. <laughs> Fucking killed it. <laughs> so awesome. Well, I was really proud of you. Yes, yes, guys. What a great show this was. This was a great show. Right? You guys learned a lot. There's a lot of different learning going on at different levels depending on how much you came in with. Let's hear it for everybody you saw tonight. Yeah. That was a fucking fun one. We're here every Tuesday night, and yeah, you can yeah. also listen to our show as a podcast whenever you can't make it to this theater. That's Rhea Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. You guys have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.